Hello and welcome back to episode 2 of Open Minds with 16. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing topics in relation to the impacts and experiences of supporting a spouse through bereavement. So to reintroduce myself to everyone again, my name is Kalida. Um, I'll be hosting today and um, on today's episode, the guest that we have, I think, is quite fitted for the topic in particular that we'll be discussing. So without wasting any time, I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, everyone. My name is Abdul Ghaffar. I'm Khalidus husband, And I hope this podcast and this session um, you will find beneficial and you can take uh, any good key points and in- implement in your lives. Great. Um, just to kind of give everyone insight about yourself, tell a little bit about yourself, basic stuff, because I know on a previous episode we had a lot of <laughs> well, chit-chat. I'm 30 years of age and I have a one half year old boy. I like gymming, I like to travel. If only this podcast was visual, but it could see I that like, you like gymming. And I like, I like food. <laughs> Caribbean <Can't> food. Just... <laughs> um, great. Um, just to kick things off, I think it might be a bit easier for you as well to kind of speak about um, bereavement in general. Um, so just kind of, kind of touching upon it. Have you ever sort of experienced any sort of loss or like grief for anyone in particular or anything rather? Well, in my family, we have a m- massive family. Yeah. Um, but bereavement wise, um, I, I've lost my grand eight years ago. Okay. And that was the first death in my family. Yeah. Um, she, she was eight years of age. Okay. Uh, you know, and in the last stages, she had um, diabetes type two. Um, Is that what essentially? Yeah. Um, drew her to the end of life. Yeah, and I think um, something to do with the lungs as well. Okay. So she couldn't um, drink any any fluids or eat anything. Of course. And yeah, she was in oxygen. In That's... terms, in terms of like, we'll get them to obviously speak about like obviously the end stages, how that hurt you, kind of impacted you in general. But with your grand, what was your like relationship with her? How would you describe it? I would say my grand was like my mother. In some sense, like growing up, yeah, you yeah. know, um, I was born in the same household where my grand was, so she was quite present. So she was you. present all the way throughout my, you know, teen years, yeah. my childhood, so to speak. So, you know, she's the one that took me to school. You know, picking you felt up from like school. she had quite a motherly touch. Yeah, and um, you know, she's always looked after me. She always had my back. If there's any problems, you know, she would be there for me. So you did have quite like a close relationship. Yeah, and then um, every time that she used to come to my house, you know, she she wouldn't eat without me. She would always ask for me, <laughs> you know, on the table. Like when mum used to give her rice or anything to eat, she would yeah, always call. Yeah, your mum would say stories about how you'd be at work and she would wait for you to. Yeah, eat. she would call for my name, and I told her I'd come and sit down next to her. Then we eat together. So she kind we, of satisfy her. Yeah, so my grand was a big part of my life. You of know, course. she was very close and dearest to me. So. Obviously, with myself, I don't even know myself, which is quite bad. But in general, with your gran, um, how did that kind of process come to you when she got... Like, how did you kind of process it when she was hospitalised and obviously essentially getting unwell and deteriorated? 
did that did that have like a significant impact on you? Or was and she was because she was you know um, she was she was at old age, so she's been in and out of hospital for the last couple of years, like before she passed away. So um, and I was a teenager, so at that time my mind obviously she's close to me, but you know my mind like as a teen yeah. you're always like out you know with your friends and stuff you're not really then, in that mindset and then when, you know? yeah so when you're home your mom says oh your grand's in hospital and it's one of the things that i thought yeah she's in hospital she'll recover she'll come back yeah. that's what usually what happens anyway like she will go to hospital do you feel like it didn't impact you i wouldn't say impact you but like it didn't create so much of an effect of importance because you just naturally wasn't aware of like the possibility of her yeah, at that time because the thing is you you don't think of the worst. You don't yeah. think that the person going to pass away. You always don't think she's, they're going they're to hospital. Recover, they're going to recover, back come home. back home. So, and at that time in my life, um, I, I used to hear, yeah, Grand's going to hospital. And then a couple of days later, she's back. Yeah. And I thought so it's going to be one of them. nothing of it. Yeah, I thought nothing of it. It's going to be one of them things. So. Um, how did it, how did you find it when essentially she, you were told that she was kind of deteriorating, coming to end of life? The thing is, I didn't, I didn't know she she was on uh, like on the last stages or she's gonna pass How away. How did you kind of so get to that stage? What happened was um, that day she got made say two days ago, right? Mm. And and then I had not, I was working at that time, so I had a night shift. So I thought, you know what? Let me just pop round, go see Grand because the hospital was right next to our house. Yeah. So as I went in, and then Mum came with me, and then as soon as we got to the ward. Um, I see my uncles, my aunt, everyone's there. And then I just sat down, you know, she was lying on the bed. She had a mask on. She looked fine, but nothing to say that, you know, she's... But then, you know how you say she looked fine? Do you find that it was obviously your awareness of having never seen someone who may have been at end of life or unwell to a point where they would be? Yeah, because... Or do you feel like you just naturally thought that she was? No, I naturally thought she was fine okay. because she was talking to me. She was yeah. laughing. Oh, okay, so you didn't even really though think, she had yeah. the mask on and the oxygen, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, she was she was she was respons- responsive. You know, she's talking, she's laughing, she's yeah. joking around, and you know, she was saying, oh, I, I, I want to drink water," but the doctor said, "You know, we're saying, you know, grand doctor says you can't." So was she like that. kind of at the end of life there when? She no, knew? she wasn't. That's the thing. No okay. one knew. It was just one of the things that. Oh, she so was... she didn't. It wasn't like a process. It yeah. was more so she just. Kind it just of happened. Yeah. So okay. no one so knew. So that's quite interesting. Like, they because... didn't say that. You know, See, she's look, pass so away. exactly how you're saying now. I I think it's from my own experience that I'm naturally thinking that you've gone through a process of being told she's end of life and you know she's going to pass away. Did you see how I kind of just? Yeah, because think... if I knew that, then I wouldn't. I would have left. I would have stayed there of by course. her bedside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And course. the thing is, I told my grand because um, it was ten o'clock when I went in. I had my shift at eleven o'clock, so I told my grand, "Grand, I'll, I'll be, I'll be back in the morning to come and see you." Yeah. She was that's fine. So I thought nothing of it. I thought next day I'll come and of see course. you and whatnot. Yeah. And then so how did yeah, you I went feel to work. So that's the last. Um, that's the last convo I had with her. Got yeah. And she was saying, you know, I, I hope you um, find um, find a, a lovely wife. And she's <laughs> always talking about me getting married and. <laughs> She wants, a beautiful, <laughs> she wants a beautiful wife for me and all of that. Yes, and say you found one. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I found one. <laughs> Cringe. Yeah, so, you know, I was just speaking to a general teacher. So how then... did that kind of, obviously, you left knowing that she was, or you thinking that she yeah. was fine. How did that change when, obviously, that horrible kind of process happened overnight? So I went to work and then I think um, 
my mum stayed over. Yeah. Just to, you know, by her bedside mm. for the night. Um, so it was about four in the morning, the same night. Yeah. So it's only been what, a couple of hours I'm in work. Mm-hmm. So just off, yeah, just off, just before sun, um, sunrise, mum phoned me, crying down the phone. She's in tears. Mm. And she's saying, your grand, she's going, she's going, she's going. She's passing away. How did, in that moment in time, can you remember how you I felt? I froze, I froze. I can just hear the whole, like, you know, mum's crying and, like, yeah. you know, her voice. We know when, like, she's, like, her, the horror and, you know. Yeah, of course, the, in her voice. In, in her voice. Tell. And I'm, I can just relay that back. And she, all I heard was, she's going, she's going, she's going. And that's it. I just, you know, locked off the phone and got into the car. And I just literally booted it down to the hospital. Mm. And when I got there, she was just covered in the wet cloth. Okay, so she had already passed away. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I know these things are quite painful to have to reflect back on. So I don't want you to go too deep into yeah. descriptions if you don't feel comfortable. But um, obviously when you you mentioned that when you did get the news, you felt that sense of horror and shock and you yeah. kind of didn't know what to do. Did you Do you feel like that has impacted? Obviously with whatever's happened, with what we're going to talk about um, later on, in terms of for your own personal experience of first losing somebody that was very close to you, do you feel like in that moment that kind of memory resonates with you in your normal day to day, like here and there? Like as in in a sense where do you do you tend to get like when you think of her, does that memory associate with it? Always, always. And always do you feel it. like that had any sort of positive or negative impacts to the way that you perceive like grief and like loss in general? It does because you know, this person was someone dear to me and then suddenly they, they're just of gone. Course. And then it sticks to you, like, yeah. it's been eight years she's passed yeah. away, but there's, there's no moment that, you know, yeah. I don't Do you feel like her. that memory feels just as raw as it did? When you it felt. does, because I just thought, you know, um, you know, she couldn't get to see my marriage. Of course. She couldn't get to see it's my... It's milestones you know, that you miss, yeah. yeah. So all of that stuff, and of I course. know she would have loved to be around course, to see that. yeah. So just these little things like you know if you think when i when i think about it it does yeah. spring back memories and yeah. you know you feel it does feel a bit hard okay and then obviously um with your grand with the whole processes in in terms of losing her did, was it how kind of was your processes in terms of obviously after she passed away how did you find getting your mind around that like, did you accept it as soon as you saw like she was dead or sorry i'm saying using words like that when she had passed yeah. away did you kind of um accept it there and then or how was your mentally I how took, did you process this whole to situation be honest, I took, it took a while to actually process what mm-hmm. actually happened so i didn't really you know i'm not gonna like i was, I was it's like i was broken yeah because it was the first time like someone yeah. in my family that's very close to me that i knew you know passed away so yeah. i've never experienced of course that death. so and, and, you know, my grand, you know, passing away, it did affect me a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was in tears a lot of the days, like, just thinking about it. And, and how do you feel, like, in terms of when you when you were experiencing these emotions, how did you, like, did you get any sort of support mentally, mental health-wise? In the sense really, where, like, because yeah. I'm someone, yeah. I like to think that, you know, because I'm a guy and so it's like a macho thing. I don't want to show my emotions to you like my do you feel like stuff. most of the time now that you've said it without me having to say it, yeah do you find that because of your masculinity that that stops you from feeling 
like you can show your emu- emotions as much yeah, as, as you a, possibly as a man, you'd probably you know, do. You, it's, it's a natural thing that you want to be that the tough guy. Speaking that, for yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, emotionally, you, you wouldn't want to show your emotional side to your family and yeah. you know your friends. Why you, did you feel like you didn't want to show? It, your I don't know. It's one of the things like might be a, like a stigma kind of thing in the Asian community or okay, as a yeah. man, you know, in general in life, like because growing up with you know a close knit family, I've never seen any of my family members or any old, older. Men yeah. crying or like in front of, of the course, family, so you, showing emotions. Kind of, so I, never, ima- I, could, really I could understand that. that in the sense where it kind of fits in with my siblings, like my brothers. It's very rare that I would see them actually cry. It takes them to the end of the earth and kind of to the kind of breaking point to release some sort of emotional like tears and stuff. And I think for me in particular, when I see emotions, I feel like when you're sad you cry but then that's not always the process for somebody else like when someone's sad for example yourself I've noticed with yourself um it doesn't necessarily mean you cry you might show it through other emotions yeah so in terms of obviously like grieving your grand so obviously after she'd passed away how did you deal with that process because obviously you mentioned you don't really show your emotions so how did you kind of grieve for her or mourn for her rather for me personally I've, I'm someone that just to be I like to be left alone uh-huh. so emotionally I would I would cry and then mm. you know it would be that day or one or two days and then that's it yeah. and then I would just get you know my head around it that you know she's gone and then it's just now mentally just preparing like you know just praying for her and okay. you you would um, you know just mentally get so do you do you feel or would you say that you kind of blocked it out in a sense where you yes. kind of had your cry and then that's it yeah you get on with the day yeah exactly. do you feel like that was or that is like the way you manage things or like would you feel like that's the best way that for you in particular or like is there anything I wouldn't that say you that's feel the best way for me like now reflecting back on it obviously now you're older you're more mature you've got a bit more life experience yeah is there anything in particular that you would find, like, say, for example, your child at your age, God forbid he experiences something like that, would you, would they, like, how would you support him compared to how you were supported? Because with me, there was no support because um, my dad... Yeah, I understand in terms of, like, generations and, you know, as well, yeah. Yeah, my uncles, everyone had their own grief. Of I course, know, um, yeah, because that was their mum. In front of us, like, I've never seen no one, you know, kind of support or like say like nothing at all so everyone just got so how how do you find that's impacted the way you process how to deal with grief in general or someone that you know now how do you find you would support if you were to support your son at your age going through that same thing what i've been through and what What i'm trying to say because i'm making this ever so complicated no i understand what you're saying yeah like how would you implement it forget even your son like another youngster how would you You would want to support them you would want to be around them and you know just sit down with them and have Mm. a brief chat with them and say you know it's okay It's, it's something that happens in life and you know just to give them the strength and you know and just the support that it's okay, you know, it's, comfort, it's, it's natural, really, it? it happens and just be around them. Do you feel like that experience that you had went gone through has now helped you understand like the importance of 
helping someone. 100%. And the, and the bottom line is it's the family, isn't it? You yeah. need your family around you at that of time. Um, so if everyone, if you have the support there and, you know... Because, like, I noticed even with myself, like, even, like, when I lost mum, you obviously wasn't around in that in that sense. I was very young. And um, I was speaking on the last episode with Arif and brother um, in regards to, like, obviously being young, being shielded. And I feel like that was also, like, a contribution to you as well while you were in that situation with your grannies. More so shielding, I think, from your mum. Because I think grief is something so hard to talk about within the Asian community. Mm. It's almost like you leave it as, like, I think the common statement is, is God's will. Yep. You know, it happens because, and I'm I'm sure, like, I stand by that as well. It is, I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. But then I think that's where it stops. But no one, well, in the Asian community, it's very rare that you find a family that go beyond that. So they will sit mm. down with you, talk through the process. Yep. Find out how you're feeling. Where's your headspace? Because it's, it's the culture. So you have to understand. Of, it goes way yeah. back. It goes more way. And I feel like it's, like it's so important to change that now. Like, obviously, like I'm, I'm not saying like moving mountains, but with the generations, like the upcoming generations, it's so important to provide them that support because it's going through it personally mm. on our both for both of us. It's quite a massive thing, and I feel like it's something so important to even understand death and dying yeah to have that support to feel comfortable enough to talk about it um so yeah obviously i'm going a bit deep down that road <laughs> um in terms of obviously with your gran i appreciate you telling everyone about it because it's not the nicest yeah. thing to have to talk about obviously that was when you were young so you didn't meet my mum no. i'm sure you've experienced um in terms of me going through my episodes of grief still grieving over her yeah um this is something i actually have never asked you and i wanted to find out today because i think what perfect time to have it on recording um in regards to like obviously before we got married you knew i didn't have a mum did anything no pressure if this answer is no but i just wanted to understand um obviously knowing i had no mum did you have any sort of like thoughts in regards to like the fact that you're getting married to somebody that's not got a mom like in terms of like support wise did you think like there'd be any thing you would have to do in terms of knowing that I don't have a mom or like I've, I've grown up without a mom to be honest not really yeah because I didn't really think about it in general not, not but... really not really um things happen and it's life so you, you cannot determine someone based on you know, oh no, I'm not talking about like deciding like if I'm right to marry in the sense where I don't have a mum. I'm talking about like knowing that I've lost someone so significant in my life. Did mm. you think like at any point like once or like oh once I get married, I'll need to support her in terms of her emotional? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that, yeah, that was there back on my head. That yeah. was there, and I was you know I was ready to step up and. You know, because I knew, you know, a marvellous feeling of someone was very dear to yeah. a person. And I knew that. Because I remember you, you before, like, when, I remember know. before I did get married, this was a conversation I had with your mum when she came over. And she was like, I'll always remember what she said because it is quite powerful when she said, like, I know people say, like, well, mother-in-laws in general would say, like, you know, I want you to feel like I'm your mum and you're my daughter and I think that's so 
like powerful in itself to say that and stick by it and that was one thing your mum said she said that I know you don't have a mum but don't ever feel like that's going to be something that you should be upset about like you have to remember there's also me I'm going to be the mother figure for you as well and I feel like those things are quite powerful when you do have someone so prominent missing from your life but obviously now that you've answered that um how did you find in terms of obviously because you've only experienced grief and loss of your mum how did you find supporting oh sorry i don't know why i said that (laughs) 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 i apologize for that um obviously you lost your gran yep how did you find in terms of that that's your kind of only right your only only, loss that you've experienced how did you find supporting me with when i was having episodes of feeling really low with missing mom how did you find that because i know for myself i can it can be such a challenging thing because um obviously you haven't met her yeah you don't really know much about other than what my dad would tell you or what my sisters or my my siblings would tell you so i guess it's hard to stand on the ground to support someone when I don't know, personally, I feel like that. It's quite hard to support for someone who's grieving when you haven't met the person that they're grieving for, they've lost. Did you find it hard or did you, or do you find it hard rather? The difficult thing with that is because I haven't met your mum and then with you, um, everyone grieves in a different yeah. different way. So it's just the way how to like you know comfort you and what yeah. to say to you to make you feel better and you know just to Quite give you hard, the it's, it? it's like hard because it's like it's like a grey area so that's where I find it a bit challenging to like you know just to support you because you don't I don't know exactly how you're feeling yeah I know you're upset you know but I wouldn't it's like a thing where I wouldn't know what to say to make you feel better or you know just to give yeah, you yeah and I support. think that's fair enough because I feel like in those situations um I always reflect and I've spoken to one of my friends about this is um, sometimes you have experiences where um, sorry there's no background noise um, sometimes you have experiences where like for example with me is certain things that I miss about my mum which you wouldn't know and I feel like that's hard for you to support and comfort me with because you don't know these like finer details finer things that I miss and need so in regards to like um obviously with my dad that is kind of a different situation because obviously you had met him so i don't know if you want to give a background information background information background picture of firstly your relationship with my dad okay i've i've known your dad you well, know, you're my dad. Yeah. Since I got married to you, and it's been well two years. Oh, you just gave away how long we've been married. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Two years so, feeling like twenty. Yeah, so I've known him that for two years, and you know, from the first day I met him. Yeah. Um, you can tell he was a very, you know, particular man, right? Yeah, he's a very unique, <laughs> very unique person. Yeah. Um, very strong-minded. You know. Um. His presence, you can feel his presence. Yeah. 
agree. And what he says is very valuable. Yeah. He, he's always talking sense. And to this day, you know, what amazes me is your dad's cognition and his memory and his knowledge. He yeah. was he was very, he was a very sharp man. Yeah. He was, you know, he was clued on. I think in what he liked about you was obviously um I mentioned on the last episode that I'm obviously the second youngest, but I'm the youngest daughter. So I was the last girl to get married. And um, he was almost waiting for me to get married because I guess he left a promise to my mum that he would stay and make sure that all of the girls are settled and in really nice situations. And so, so far, well, Alhamdulillah, I think he achieved such a great thing. Um, so when he finally had me married, you know, like we got married, I don't know, I sound like I'm getting married. But <laughs> when, when obviously us, we got married, yeah. um, his dad was really happy. And then I think what he really liked about you was like, you had a bit of banter. And I think the language, Bengali language in general, he found that really nice because youngsters in, in this kind of, gener- in our generation, there's quite a majority that can't speak the mother tongue like including myself I'm not the greatest speaker but in terms of that like he found that really nice like I could tell he didn't need to even say it because you're quite you you could have like really fluent conversations with him um and yeah I could just tell like he was just so happy like in terms of in terms of um being around like he would come over and stuff and it was just nice like you could tell like he had like a really nice relationship with not just you but also like with your mum and um yeah it, you could you could definitely see like how fond he was of you um obviously of like talking about the relationship of dad um I mentioned also on the last episode for those of you that that was able to listen to it um is that the last time we saw what well, I saw dad healthy and fit was on a dinner outing with my in-laws, which was with us. So that was the last time you saw dad fit and healthy. Mm -hmm. How did you, because obviously I had explained everything on the first few days of like dad's processes and dad deteriorated very, very quickly. So how did you find, like not only, first we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how did you experience it? And then I'll ask you in terms of how you helped me or how you Mm -hmm. felt having to support me so in terms of yourself when you obviously heard that dad had been hospitalized i was obviously at the hospital so you knew through me yeah how did you find that same again it was weird to say that because you know three weeks prior you know we was we went out as a family yeah. and you know we went to and just give we, everyone an insight as to how he was that day, because I still can't yeah, get over it. You know, we went to a, a guest, a relative's house, and then we, we took your dad along, you know, and he was in the car with us, you know, sitting in the passenger seat, full of, <laughs> usual dad, full of life, joking around, you know. And honestly, and, like, in a house full of strangers for this man, it was just natural for him to just be the life of the party. Like I remember walking past the room and he's like, had, had the whole has the whole room in fits of laughter. Yeah, because he just yeah. something about that his presence was very strong. So how did you find? Obviously, like you said, you felt similar. Like, do you feel like it was the same as your grand situation? Like he was 100%, in and he's kind of come out. Because when you told me he's in hospital, 
you wouldn't, you know, not in a million years you think the worst. Yeah. You just think, okay, dad's got to hospital probably one or two days, mm. couple of days, and we'll be back out. So how did you find it when obviously, because you were actually, I think it's so important to say this because I didn't know about this until after dad had passed away, what you had done. But, um, so basically dad had been admitted and then obviously I was with him till like around 1am, got him settled into his room, went home again, went back straight in the morning, gave him a wash, sat him up. He was like fine talking and everything. And um, I left him with my sister and I said, like, I'm going to be back tomorrow morning because I said, because at that time I couldn't do the four days. So I said, I'll come in the mornings for you because dad felt quite comfortable with me helping him with his Mm -hmm. personal care. I think it's just being a nurse and previous experiences when he was unwell. I used to help with that stuff. So he was like, "Okay, absolutely fine. And he was kind of encouraging me to go anyways, the typical dad. And then the following day so obviously on that the day that I'd have given him his first wash I went home and then in the evening I got several calls and then you actually called the house phone while you were outside in the gym and I remember I was getting my dinner ready and then your mum was like you need to look at your phone your family's trying to contact you and I think instantaneously I just thought something is not right Mm. and then I remember like that was all you said you just said on the phone you need to tell her to look at her phone and you put the phone down. So I was like thinking, what is going on? And then obviously I found out that they decided dad had deteriorated in such a short space of time that they wanted to kind of get him progressed onto treatment of, not really treatment, but um, get him onto ventilators and all sorts and kind of putting off on that end of life care kind of stigma or whatever. So I kind of was like in a panic and I didn't even think about calling you or letting you know, like, you know, this is what's happening. I just left just, I I think in the, with all the adrenaline and just wanting to get myself to the hospital Mm. and you're actually your younger brother dropped me um, to the hospital. And I literally disconnected with the world. It just, and that moment, it just meant I need to get to the hospital. I need to see my dad. I need to make sure that nothing of the sort is going to harm him. And then, um, Obviously, while I was at hospital, I was engaging with my sisters that were there. I remember calling one of my sisters, like, wailing my eyes out, telling her she needs to come because I couldn't handle it. I just Mm. needed her comfort to kind of take things into her hands and, like, my brother wasn't there. So everything was just kind of crumbling and it just felt a bit, like, scary. And then, obviously, later down the line, I found out that my sisters had actually managed to come to the hospital because of you mm-hmm. um so say what happened in that kind of moment because that was something i was quite shocked about because I, I didn't even know you even came to the hospital yeah so i was in the gym and then just to give a background sorry they were at a talk so they went to yeah, like, a so conference I think your sisters was local to where we live and yeah. i think there was you know like a conference yeah or, yeah, yeah. Or like there was like an islamic talk yeah that they so were at. um i just came from back from gym and then I just, mum just comes up to me to say that, um, you know, your sister's phoned and then they're going to come round. And I was, luckily I was at home at, at the same time and then I think they needed a lift. And literally, I think they came running down. Yeah, so to the house. they basically ran and were crying and running. And apparently mm. the door opened and there was no conversation. You kind of just grabbed your keys and went. Yeah. What ha, you know how you drove and they were like the way they described your driving, 
I was saying that's your everyday driving, to be fair. But they said that you went into this mode where you knew that something wasn't right and you just didn't want to have any chit chat. It was more so get them there. Exactly now that you're kind of here to say this, tell the tale, yeah. how did you find that situation in general? At that time, to be honest, I thought, okay, this is something serious now. You know, um, like they came running to the house. You must, you know, this is, you know, crying, bawling their eyes out. And yeah. I thought, you know what, I just need to get them to the hospital. So, got into the car. I didn't really speak, nothing. My my vision was literally the hospital. Yeah. I didn't look left, right, got into the car and just stepped on the gas. And then I've, I've literally got there within, I'll say, five. Do you feel like, obviously, minutes. in those situations, did you feel like things started to normalise that he's actually going to be coming to his end? Like, how, when, when did it finally come to you that... Because I remember you came and saw him. And I've, I know you exper- experienced I've that. I've seen him, but... To be honest, he still didn't end. Because I remember um, when he was kind of coming towards his end stages, you came with me to the hospital. You said you wanted to see that, yeah. which was like, obviously, that was fine. Um, and I remember you went in, you saw him. I didn't go in with you. And then you came out and you said he's fine. And just mm. saying that, I think like your reaction to after seeing him for the first time whilst in hospital gave so much positivity and so much energy to a really dark situation that for that glimpse of time, we all thought that, hang on, maybe he's all right. And then I personally didn't believe it. So just say us like in a brief nutshell, what had happened when you first saw him. So I went in there and just, you know, thinking about how you felt. He actually, you know, it's like getting flashbacks with my grand. It's it's one of the things that I went in, same thing with my grand happened with his dad. He was just there, oxygen, same oxygen yeah. mask on, and then he looked fine to me. He's talking, you know. Yeah, he was a bit slow because he's tired. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm I'm having a general convo with him. He's talking back. His understanding, his cognition is there. His awareness is there. You know, he just looked fine to me. He and laughed, then, didn't he? And then yeah, and I thought, you know, what, let me just lighten him up. And I and I and I cracked a little joke because um, I heard that you know. His chicken, roast chicken was... <laughs> yeah, was he was nice. meant to come to the house to do it. he was meant to it. come and do it. And then I think he forgot and he was going to your sister's house yeah. in Newton. And then and I asked Judith to call him to say to come down yeah. and then he picked up. And then yeah. he, so I he, he, he basically cancelled on us. Yeah, but he, he did feel bad. bad. So I thought, let me bring that up. And I said, look, I bought the chickens for you. Uh, the chickens were in, in the house for you. So whenever, whenever you're ready after your recovery, come and... You know, Did you find it'd be that nice for you to cook yeah. it? Yeah, and I found you know the way that you said it. Even when you explained to me, like, did you find that it was important for him to get that positivity and to kind of, you know, how you said like the chickens waiting, you just had to get better and come on. Yeah, it was something you know. I thought let me just lighten the mood, and yeah, he 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 started cracking up, and you know, I just felt nice like to see yeah. him, see him smile because it did impact like. For me personally, like, obviously, you doing that, I think you unknowingly was providing a lot of comfort to not just me, but my family, like, my siblings. Mm. And I feel like you probably didn't process it as that at that time. Or even now. I don't think you realise. You just thought it was a little harmless joke. But just to hear that dad was laughing was, like, such a huge boost in, like, confidence. And I remember you bought, like, 10 Red Bulls for my (laughs) sisters (laughs) from the hospital. Um... The hospital the shop and Canteen, yeah. you probably spent like 10 pounds on <laughs> four five six red bulls and even to this day my sister still mentions it like little things like that 
create such a buzz and just makes you feel so much more like just comfort around you yeah like someone's there to look after you and i think it's just little things like that so obviously i don't want to take too much time so just moving on in regards to obviously you saw dad then and then you also saw him when he started to deteriorate rapidly um briefly touching upon it i think that was the first time i've ever seen you physically cry in the two years that i've known you and i found like when i saw you your eyes and everything like welling up i just thought this is probably really impacting like impacting this person Mm. like for us it's like we've experienced it before to a more deeper kind of extent with mum so we felt that grief and in a sense majority of us were preparing for this moment but for you to have seen him quite laughing and fit and healthy to obviously like not as responsive how did you find that like that shift yeah it was pretty bad to be honest because my gran when she passed away i didn't mm. see her deteriorate up this off the only time i've well I've, I've spoken to her she was fine and yeah. the next thing you, you didn't really go her, she, through that deterioration yeah, process do you feel away. like that impacted you mentally like psychologically 100%. Did you i was i was shattered to be honest yeah. it's just because the whole process you know because he's in hospital and yeah. then you know there's you're not sleeping you're going and, you, and yeah you know, you, of course you're staying um, beside of him and i think that was quite tiring because back you forth. have to you had to kind of support me as yeah. your wife in the sense your spouse because he was doing shifts in it so yeah. you come back then i go and then we're just in between and then juggle um juggle around so mentally you're drained out physically you're drained yeah. out and you naturally know, that has an impact on you. and you know how hospitals are in and out it just you know it gets a bit overwhelming it, it does but then um what i really wanted you to discuss more so is you saw dad when he was deteriorating and then i would like to say you were lucky enough mm-hmm. to spend his last night um obviously alive um for me just before i let you explain it you came home that morning and I will never ever forget that is I could tell the impact it had on you Mm. and you came back home staring at the table the coffee table for at least 10-15 minutes Mm. and you love your sleep and for you to not even think about your bed first really made me think like god how do I support him like it kind of flipped reversed rather than me mm. you supporting me i was like how do i make him feel like this is okay and i remember i asked you i said do you want to talk about it and you were like no but you can't go to the hospital to see your dad i don't even remember saying that to you. yeah I because I of what re- you saw yeah i don't, I don't even remember yeah i feel like you blanked out massively that that morning and i think from there like you just you're naturally your mindset just changed but you can explain it like just briefly say your you don't have to say about dad but mm-hmm. how you were feeling obviously seeing him in that state and just like how did that impact you mentally it was bad because you know i'm sitting beside him and he's literally his eyes are closed almost lifeless yeah yeah he's not and you could just hear him breathe heavily and that's it there's no talking, there's nothing, and you're just staring at him. And it's one of the things, you see them every breath, every moment, it's just ticking by. Yeah. You know, and I'm just holding his hand, I'm touching his feet, and, he, and I can feel, like, 
his feet are just shrinking slowly mm. and like, and it was just something that I just mentally was just going around, you know, thinking about, you know, like this guy two weeks ago. He was fine. He was fine. He was normal joking around and then suddenly now look at him on the last stage. Did you then, feel like you were in some sort of denial already then? 100%. And then I feel like I was from the beginning. And all sorts goes through your head. Yeah. You, you think about yourself, then, yeah. you know, it's a natural thing that you think, oh, you know, what about me? You know, same might happen to me or my family or anyone in my family. And then it's it's hard to explain. Like, you need to be in that that position to yeah, to understand. Course. Like, I, I can't really, I don't know how to explain it to you. It's, it's, it kind of, it makes you reflect on your own life and, like, what will happen to you in terms of like will you have family around yeah 100% it just it wasn't nice like just to see him deteriorate and I was on end just sitting there and of then, course you know it's no, I've never experienced anything like how it how did you like obviously like how did you rather reflecting now is there anything that you feel would have helped you feel because obviously I personally was going through it as well and I didn't actually know how to comfort you because it was so bizarre for me because I know that you're this like masculine macho person mm-hmm. like who doesn't really show much emotion. I remember asking you, do you want to talk about it? And you kind of disregarded it. You didn't really mm-hmm. want to. Um, now reflecting back on it, is there anything that you would have liked or you feel like would have been important for you? It doesn't have to be that you, you do, but in general. Personally with me, I, I like to deal with it mentally all of this when this thing happened, but just by myself I don't like to talk about it I just try and block it out and, do you feel like that's a reflection of your experiences of be- yes. all dealing with emotions when you're yeah, I've always been like that how too. would you comfort uh, your child or, or someone younger if they were going through that if they were going through that I would I, I would sit down I would yeah. you know you know I would sit down with do you them. find it do, do you find it odd that you would talk to someone younger but you wouldn't expect it for yourself yeah, <laughs> yeah. I but I think because... that's personally down to like your upbringing. Because with me, it's the way I've dealt with things. Because yeah, which is life, fair enough. And it's something that I don't think that's that's wrong. Straight away. Yeah, no, I've, I don't think. I'm yeah. a person where I, t- I tend to block things out and just not to, you know, speak about it. I just yeah, just kind of let it be. Yeah. Um. So obviously that was last dad's last night. So he had passed away the following evening where you were planning to do another night shift yeah. with my brother but then I think somebody else my nephew was planning to do it as well so it was kind of not already decided yet and um I just remember I think when I do have other guests on like my sisters as well it'll be interesting to hear what they were doing at that present moment when they received the the notice of dad had passed away for us it was probably the first meal that I was having in days yeah. and you got this like living in east london where we are um there's a lot of takeaway places and of all things you bought a donna something burger like such a greasy meal <laughs> and i remember your friend had been at the door and you went to open the door you answered and i could hear in the background that you were having a conversation about dad you're like my father in laws like not doing yeah. too well and then as you were talking i received the message and i remember just shouting out to you and you were like what's happened and I said, it's my dad. And then I didn't even say anything. I think mm. you understood. And then it's like moments like this where I find you realise how time has changed. When I was younger with mum, I had my family for support, but not to the point where 
they went above and beyond and that's not a mm-hmm. fault in them it was more so that like how you mentioned we all go through those experiences yeah. in our own way and you have to remember we were all children it, essentially we were all children we were all losing a mother this time around being married being away from my family in another home with a husband it's a different experience um, it was a whole different ball game and i remember like your mum straight away came and comforted me your sister got me water because i was literally gagging from the donna burger and then i just mm. remembered i just wanted to escape and you know how you say like you like dealing with things on your own i'd like to say in theory i'd like to deal with my things on my own but i essentially realistically i need help like i need that comfort to mm. make me feel safe and I remember I just wanted to get away from everyone. And do you remember I ran upstairs? Yeah. Where did I go? To the bathroom. To the bathroom. Because I knew that was the only place that no one could come in. Yeah, you locked yourself in and <laughs> you balling out. Yeah, and then I think that was one moment I think I will always remember because you kind of persevered, didn't really like stop there. You you made sure you came in. And then we literally sat there. You sat on the toilet, I was on the floor, and we literally sat there in silence. And it's like moments like that you realise it's not necessarily you're giving me physical reassurance. It's more so that, well, I guess that is because you were there physically, but you weren't doing anything. But I found comfort in you just being there. And I feel like that's so important. But then how did you find it coming towards the kind of end of our discussion? How did you find it having to deal with, obviously, dad having gone and... Kind of, how did you feel like having to support me or knowing that you have to support me through it, this process? It was, it was hard because I'm going from my own emotions of as course, well. Of course, yeah. And then I have to support you. So it's one of the things like I was in probably a bad state yeah. than you because I've seen him last, you know, on yeah, the last journey that course. I've done. And so a lot of things was going through my head like emotionally i wasn't stable at, yeah. at, that, at that present time. do you feel like that essentially creates pressures within like for example from an outside perspective when i reflect back on that time i feel like there was a lot of pressure on us as a like a couple in terms of being married to each other and dealing with the same grief but in different forms did you find that that was um something to really struggle with like did you did you feel that pressure essentially what i'm trying to say I did in a sense because I did yeah I personally felt like because of how you just said like the kind of personal griefs between each other like going through that same experience how did you find that it was hard because you're going through your own griefs you know I'm dealing with my grief as well in a different way and then supporting each other and then you've got a child and a family and everyone around you. So it's, it's You have different. to find a way to be okay. But I remember, like, trying to talk to... Even to this day, like, I think you find it... I don't it, like yeah. talking about it. Why do you find you don't like talking about it? Just the... Uh, it's, it's something that is always going to stick, you know, with me because your dad was someone... Is there anything very, in particular that makes it hard for you to talk about my dad? It's just the person, the person he was. You know, yeah. he was a very loving you know person very bubbly yeah you know and i had a bond with him and you know for someone just to go like that in a short space of time it, it, it sticks sticks with you so of course you know he's not and for him not to be around it's just something that just is missing because he had a big presence yeah 
Yeah, of course. You know, not just me, my family as well. You know, your dad used to come round, you know, we used to eat together, we used to sit down together, we used to talk, watch telly. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, it's, it's not there no more. Do so. you find, obviously, because I find this, like, do you find that not being able to talk about him makes it harder for you to help me, to support me when I'm struggling with his loss? In essence, yes, because I'm still, to this day, I am still... Grieving. Grieving. Yeah. You know, I might not show it, but... And I think you know, that's what the I pressure... Every time I pray or anything, yeah. it's still on my mind. Like, yeah. I, do, I pray for your dad, you know, I pray for my grand. Always. It's still something that... Really? It's, it's part of me. Yeah. Like, it's, I miss him. Do you feel like... So, you know how you, I've just tried to kind of give you an insight? Do you find that with just grieving in general and supporting a spouse, do you think that that's obviously... How would you put that in a nutshell? Like, how do you... How would you find having to support a spouse through bereavement, how would you describe that? Just to be around them and just, you know, just, you know, there's going to be days where emotionally they're not stable, they might have a thought about what had happened and, you know, just be around them and just be supportive in any way, comfort them. And how do you find, how have you found so far having to support your spouse through bereavement, honestly and openly? It's been hard because it you're someone as well. Because when I ask you, are you okay? Or yeah. whatever, you're, you're te- you're, you seem to just shut me out. Like, yeah. you don't want to talk and about it. And I think anyway. that's just the experience of not having someone so to... So it, it, it does something remind me of me, how what yeah. I do is when I try to block it. Like, you ask me, like, are you okay? Whatever, what's wrong? I'll say, leave me alone. Or, yeah. you know, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. So I feel like you... <laughs> Like so in a nutshell, it, yeah, it's, like, it's a struggle. It's, it's a, really a struggle, yeah. Okay. We're like similar in, in a weird way. I'll take yeah. that as a compliment. Um, well, it's been a really interesting near enough hour, which I think that's the longest we've been able to sit down without any sort of disruptions. I do apologise to everyone for the small background noises here and there because we do live in a household, so this is as real as it gets. Um, other than that, I want to say thank you. To my one and only husband. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, for joining in because I know um, talking about grief and loss in general personally is a really hard thing to do. So I appreciate you being so open to everyone else. And um, yeah, I hope everyone found this insightful and just um, take on board those little snippets of advice. And yeah, I hope it gives some comfort to others with the fact that grief and loss in general, especially those that are married, it is a hard thing to go through and um, even if there is a little bit of pressure that is placed on your marriages and stuff like that, there's always a silver lining to it all. So yeah, hope everyone has a good evening, morning, whenever time you're listening to this, but I hope you have a good rest of the day and join us for our next podcast. Thank you. Bye. Hello and welcome back to Open Minds with 16. On today's episode... Our guests will be sharing their grief story. We hope that this podcast will be interesting to listen into and hopefully provide others with advice and even comfort. We hope you enjoy and listen on. Hello and welcome back to Open Minds with 16. On today's episode, our guests will be sharing their grief story. We hope that this podcast will be interesting to listen into and hopefully provide others with advice and even comfort. We hope you enjoy and listen on.